Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Paul White. It is the sixth day of February, and I want to thank you for joining me as we are talking about Esau and his story. We've been in the Genesis account of the Abrahamic stories for quite some time, and we've arrived at, we went through Rebecca and her journey to Isaac, and then her having Jacob and Esau. There's going to be an enormous amount of work in the book of Genesis on Jacob, his life, his his journey, his wrestling. Um, he becomes that third of that name in that triumvirate that we say Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We don't say Abraham, Isaac, and Esau, though Esau is the firstborn by a few moments. He's a little bit older than his twin brother. And the reason we don't is because the birthright goes through Jacob. And part of the reason for that is prophetic that God said the younger would be greater, but Esau sells his birthright to Jacob in a very short-sighted moment when he gives this birthright up for a bowl of soup. It seems almost comical as you when you read the story, like we're supposed to buy that his entire future was given up over a bowl of soup. Um, I'm not try, going to try and establish the the uh, the validity of the verbal agreement that needed to take place in, in the midst of the birthright. What is important in this story is that we see it for the greater story it's trying to tell. And the way that we do that is to let the New Testament teach us. When you get to the book of Hebrews, we, we find the stories of the Old Testament and their characters laid out in a way that no other book of the New Testament does. And the only one that comes close, this might surprise you, but the only one I think that comes close in the New Testament is the book of Revelation. Um, And what I mean by that is there are moments in the Gospels where the Gospel writers or where Jesus referred to characters or stories from the Old Testament. Jesus famously refers to Noah He refers to Solomon. He refers to Jonah. He refers to Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, There are moments in the writings in the book of Acts and and in the epistles where some of the stories are brought back, particularly in the Acts sermons where the preachers in Acts, be it Paul or Peter or Stephen, relay Israel's story, and so the stories get brought back. The book of Revelation Actually, the more you know about the Old Testament, the more equipped you are to understand some of the imagery that Revelation is laying out. But no book does it like Hebrews because it's written to a Hebrew audience. It's an attempt to show the superiority of Christ to everything. And so it lists off almost systematically all of the things that are held in high regard in Judaism, including a lot of the physical, like temples and sacrifices and tithes and angels, and it shows the superiority of Christ in every one of those areas. And it it does it through sometimes through characters like Moses or Aaron, and it does it sometimes through station like priesthoods, and it does it sometimes through the spirit realm like angels or promises or covenants, Jesus, and being better in every capacity. When you get to the 11th chapter of Hebrews, you get what's famously called the Hall of Faith. This is the 
breakdown of each of the characters, not every character in the Old Testament, but certainly the most famous characters of the Old Testament, um, pre-law, during the law, and post-law, mostly, though, all the way up until the law, guys like Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham, Sarah, um, these that we've been talking about in our journey. It slows way down in that hall of faith and and really hones in on Abraham and his desiring another place in another country and how he, um, what he believed for. Then Isaac and Jacob, Joseph, Moses, and the fact that Moses esteemed the reproach of Christ greater than all the rewards of Egypt. And he looked ahead to that which he couldn't see but he saw the one who is invisible, the invisible man, drove Moses forward. You might wonder, why am I going through all of this? Because in our study of Abraham, Isaac, and in his sons Esau and Jacob, we've arrived at the spot where Esau sells his birthright. Hebrews grabs hold of that story and elaborates on it, but it does it in a comparative fashion. In the 11th chapter of Hebrews, you have all of these heroes and and highlighted by Moses and his forsaking Egypt, uh, not fearing the wrath of Pharaoh, enduring it as one who had seen the invisible man, suffering with God's people, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. And then in chapter 12, it shows the exact opposite of Moses. And what character does it give us? Strangely, Esau. Let me read it. From Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. For he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. Now, the next couple of days, we're going to break down these verses and go to work on some of these phrases because it gives us some pretty fascinating things to talk about. But for purposes of today's podcast, I want you to catch the contrast between sort of the highlight character of Hebrews 11, which is Moses. Moses' faith He's hidden three months by his parents because he's an uncommon or a beautiful child. Uh, As he comes of age, he refuses to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, but makes a decision to suffer with God's people instead because, again, he sees that invisible man and it drives him up out of Egypt and he leads his people through the Red Sea as if it were dry land. He surrenders the temporary for the eternal. Esau, by contrast, falls short of the grace of God because for one morsel of food sold his birthright. In other words, he surrendered the eternal for the temporary. And the book of Hebrews is doing this on purpose to show you that you can be like a Moses or you can be like an Esau. Moses gives up the temporary For the long-standing blessing of a promised land, Esau gives up the long-standing blessing of the firstborn for the temporary. For purposes of today, 
What will we do with this today? Just remember that what is worth it is not always what is right in front of you. Sometimes we go through what it is we go through because there's a greater reward on the other side. We don't even have to overly spiritualize this. It could be in the practical, the domestic, the mental, the financial. But if the price is paid in the temporary, there is a reward in the in the long run. And when we refuse to look to the long run, we might become so infatuated with the temporary that we sell our stability for a bowl of soup, whatever that bowl of soup might be in our own lives. We start the work of breaking down this passage from Hebrews 12 tomorrow. We'll see you then. God bless.